Hello everyone and welcome to our Lung Cancer Awareness Month podcast special where we are challenging the misconceptions that surround lung cancer. Dangerous misconceptions which could delay someone's diagnosis. Lung cancer may be the UK's biggest cancer killer but a diagnosis does not mean instant death sentences. So it's really important that anyone with symptoms take immediate action and not let fear or nihilistic perception stand in their way. I am living proof of this and I'm joined today by two other living examples. Jess Smith, who was diagnosed through his local screening programme, whilst Ruthra Coventry was diagnosed through symptomatic pathway after experiencing recurrent chest infections. Jeff, let's come to you first. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hello there. I'm not bad, thank you, Amanda. Thanks for talking to us today. It's brilliant. You're welcome. I just want, I just want to open up by getting you to tell us briefly your story please. The story was, I was brought up in a smoker's family. I lost my mum to lung cancer and uh, I, I was I was never a smoker until later on in life. I just tried it and then I stopped for eight years. Uh, I was getting fit playing football and everything. Brilliant. And then I come through the door and the NHS uh, just asking me to go for a lung scan. I felt fit enough because we're going to the gym yeah. Playing five side football. I was out running my son on the treadmill. Uh, <laughs> fiddle of us, fiddle of fiddle. And, um, yeah, absolutely. Because, because I was getting on, I just thought to myself, I'll go for that scan. Well, what they do, you've got a phone them, and then they take you through all this, you know, interview. And I had a bit of a cough and said, well, well you take all the boxes, come in this afternoon, we'll um, give you the scan. So I went for that scan and the next day the doctor phoned and said they'd found something. And after more tests, I had uh, beginning of lung cancer. So, wow. yeah, it was a shock at first. It couldn't quite sink in. Then my brother was more upset yeah. than I was. And <laughs> so I got a letter to say they've got me in Atwoodenshaw Hospital on the Wednesday morning at seven o'clock. So... I went to Winshaw 7, sat about till about 6 that night. Uh, cool. And the surgeon come and he says, because we've got yours early, we're going to give you a uh, keel surgery. And I thought, oh, that was that's a relief. So um, when they finally took me in and did what they got to do, they brought me out again. And uh, I think that was in the late evening, 10.30, I was out again. Wide awake, playing games on my iPad, wondering what was going on. Wanting to go home, <laughs> feeling fit as a fiddle. And But the nurse said, you can't, you're, inside your body, your body's in shock. So you can't go running about. And I didn't even know I was on a machine, to be honest. And so the next morning when the <laughs> nurse came in, took this blue pipe out the side of me. And I'm like, what was that in my body? She says, yeah. So <laughs> Amazing. And my brother, my brother uh, texted me the next day saying, I'll come and visit you at about four. No, about one o'clock, he said. And then the surgeon came in and said, um, check me out and everything. He said, you're fine, you can go home today. So I'm thinking, what? And the two old fellas in my room were sort of gobsmacked. Yeah. They're letting you go home today. I said, yeah. That's because they detected it early. So if you do get that letter and you are watching this, get in there, don't delay and that's amazing it's an amazing story yeah so my brother i thought my brother said well i've texted him i says you can take me home alan 
So I said, I'll be in about half past four. So he's got me all this shopping in and for food and all that lot. So I'm, I'm home and I said, right, let's go for a pint. He says, you can't, you can't. I said, no, that's it. The nurse said, I can't go for a drink or lift anything for six weeks. So I was just sat in the house. I got Netflix, uh, just made myself comfortable. Tried learning myself a language like Spanish, just to get rid of the boredom, really. And, yeah, uh, amazing. Great, great good for you, though. Yeah. It was a bonus, really, because it was locked down, so half the pubs were shut anyway. <laughs> That's nothing to do. <laughs> I started going walk, little walks around the block. Yeah. Sort of getting my heart going, because the doctor said my heart would be doing more. Uh, I think they took, well, I've, I've still got three thirds, I think. Or they took some of my low back where the cancer was. So I finally, after the six weeks were up, performed my nurse, the Macmillan nurses were great, said anything you need. You know, that was no. And yeah, yeah. I about money at first because obviously you're not working for six weeks and they'd have a cab. And they said you can claim, but I didn't claim because they just got me furlough through from the my grant from the, the COVID thing. So that helped. So I didn't have to claim. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if, if anyone's scared of money wise, work wise, there's help there. So uh, that was it. like two years down the road, my life just back to normal again. Uh, I just do what I do. I just it's, it's encouraged me to train more and do more walking. So I do I walk every day over nine, ten thousand steps because I feel more like what I get fitter. I'm not getting yeah. out of breath. And it's ten years at the end of the month I've stopped smoking. And it's good. Incredible. And I just have my yeah, second that's really good. Down, but I've not heard back yet, but I'm sure everything's fine. Doctor Grundy. And you feel said, well. Yeah. Doctor Grundy on my last scan. But he's saying, he said, he's 95% certain it won't come back. But he just, he just got me like, oh, no. But to me, it's like that six-week period and getting that letter, yeah. it's like it's never happened. It's like I've not had lung cancer. It sounds daft. I know I have. No, but, but I think well, like this that. is a great example, isn't it? This is a great <laughs> example of doing what you're, you should be doing. So when you get that letter, don't be scared. Just go and get it checked out. And it's, it's good news. You were stage one and they've got rid of it. And Just the fact that you feel thing. so well and you're doing so much and it feels like it never ha happened is is amazing. It's, it's Very pleased a, for you. It's just, you know, we chat, when we go out now, we chat about things. And, you know, like some of my customers now have got that letter that I received and they don't bother. I said, well, yeah. And then I told them what happened to me. They go, no way. You've had lung cancer, I says, yeah. It's only because that letter, what you've got and you're not going. Anyway, they started going. <laughs> There's one of them called Delroy. I mean, Oaks moving his season because he answered the letter. Yeah. You've probably went, saved lives there, Jess. They found something else you've on him, I think. Saved, yeah, you've probably saved some people's lives there. So people who weren't okay. going were, yeah. have seen you and have been encouraged and have gone along. And whatever the, the results, Fantastic. I mean, that's what we need, isn't it? So yeah, just going back to when, just going back to when you um, first got that letter, did you have any, did you have any thoughts of not going? How did you feel when you got that letter? Were you scared? Was it a bit of a shock? Before you yeah. even went, did you, well, honest, you consider was, you know, not going? Because, because I was always in the gym and playing football. I thought, oh, wow, I'll have that. It was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go at that. You're checking me out. That's how good the NHS is. Brilliant. And that's why I did it. And, you know, you got to be a certain age. And because they had, 
<laughs> Richie Alfstall got me cough. I've always had that. Yeah. And that's why they got me in, because of that little cough, really. And you were feeling really, really well before you went for the... There was no reason to think you had lung cancer, was there? You, you were training, you were looking after your grandkids, working, yeah. feeling well. Yeah, well, I was running around with Absolutely the Absolutely amazing. Eating park, playing football, chasing little ladder and about. Um, yeah. Just do what granddads do. I mean, we're not super yeah. fit, but we... Tend, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not getting, I wasn't getting out of breath, and it was, I went in net sometimes when you yeah. get a bit tired playing football, but that's natural. But of course, symptoms whatsoever. It's see kids nowadays running about and they're thrown up because you know because they're tired and yeah. most of them clean living. But I see a lot of them vaping and smoking. I'm like, oi, I get a lot. I get angry when I see children vaping. Me, I tell them off. Me too. And then they're making excuses. Well. The only enjoyment I get, and I'm like, well, wait till you get older, and then it gets you. Hopefully, one of them. Very, very good advice. Stop vaping, I tell you. It does. It does make you feel protective over people. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, cancer is not necessarily a smoker's disease, and that's one of the. Yeah. One of the misconceptions. I'd never smoked. You smoked. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. No one, no exactly. one deserves lung cancer, do they? Not at all. No, they don't. Exactly. Exactly. No. So, has anybody else in your family had lung cancer? I think you mentioned that they had. My mum. My mum died of lung cancer. Yeah. Uh, your mum and your dad. Did you say? No, my dad. My dad was a smoking-related disease. That was heart attack, but not cancer. Okay. But I think the. I think his dad or my mum's dad died of lung cancer as well because it goes deeper down on my mum's side. Doesn't it? So yeah. similar to me, my mum died of lung cancer just before I got diagnosed. Uh, she was a smoker, but again, that doesn't really matter. But then I knew my grandma died of lung cancer. And then a few years ago, I was going through all my mum's papers and found my great grandmother's death certificate and she died of lung cancer. Wow. So that's four generations on the female side, on the maternal yeah. side. So it makes you think, doesn't it? You've got to teach your next generation now. What did you, I suppose, when they said you had lung cancer, did that? Did you get any fear from those words, you know, knowing what your mum went through? When he first, well, with Shames Grundy, the, the nice thing, what he said was, well, it is lung cancer, but the, the next words out of his mouth was, what your success story to this campaign we're doing um yeah we've got it early and you'll be you know you'll be fine virtually once we've got you that early so that was a yeah. relief that was a relief it was yeah. uh and i my brother was saying you stuff it and he was hitting me i could go on holiday now we're not without worrying and he took me for something to eat he was calling me <laughs> stuff it, that, punching me and i said it's not my fault they got it early is it that, <laughs> thank that, goodness that's how we took it oh my word each other. Because that was a stuffy one. Yeah. Slurry, said. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I, I don't felt. think it's I mean, lucky. I think it is lucky, but you took the opportunity and you got checked out. And what we want to make sure is that people who get now this is a um a countrywide screening program. We want to make sure that everybody who gets that letter does what you yeah. did and goes and gets checked out. That's all that matters. Take the yeah. opportunity because, like you, if they catch it stage one or even two. The chances of surviving are very, very high. And that's that's fantastic that the doctor put your mind at ease the minute he told you. He also yeah. told you that you'll be fine. 
So that's that's really really good, isn't it? I bet you yeah. felt so relieved, didn't you? Yeah, I'm just giving out the like I drive a taxi. I just give advice to people if they've got the letter. That's amazing. Answer it. <laughs> Get it answered. That's amazing. That is it's that's even. so good to hear. Yeah. One of them is a chain smoker, so he's in his sixties. So he's expecting he's expecting bad results back, but it's yeah. full of health. That's good. That's smoking. really really good. <laughs> I'll get a clean bill of health, would you say? You know, you just have so, to go and ha have it checked out because yeah. stage, I was stage three, and my my um, my diagnosis was still okay, even at stage three. They mm. were very, they were hopeful, very hopeful that I was curative; they could cure me. But I had to have two surgeries, ended up in intensive care. I had to have lots of chemo, which made me very ill. So yeah. there's a difference between stage one and three. And if you can get, you can answer that call and go and have those scans and get caught at stage one or even two, your yeah. chances and the treatment line is just, like as you said, so much better. Oh, yeah. And you're looking so well. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. You, yourself. yourself. you look good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, if you think about, I don't know about you, but the minute you hear lung cancer, I think it's a... Um, a misconception that the minute you hear lung cancer because of our experiences and the fact that most people catch it late and don't make it the minute that word comes out you think this is a death sentence yeah so it's mm. so good to hear stories like yours and mine and some of the other people i've been interviewing for this that means that it's actually not a death sentence that's such an outdated point of view catching it early is the only thing that matters would yeah. you agree yeah. I totally agree, yeah. I totally agree. The way to catch it early, because you're not going to go to the doctors. If, if you've got a cough, they won't go to the doctors. And sometimes you can't even get in the doctors and out like that. I've tried and have been going to see it another time. But, yeah, but, like, if absolutely. You, anything, you go to the doctor and say, listen, I've had a cough for a fortnight, check me out. And that's what we was told, just to do that. You know? Yeah. I've had that cough, yeah. I don't know there. And checked out and fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I had I had no symptoms at all. Just Zero. Mine was yeah. mine was caught on a my everyone knows my story. I will um it's all on it's all on the Like Me campaign online if anyone wants to read it. But I was um caught on a completely different scan for my pancreas. Yeah. So I was just I'm I think I'm the luckiest girl alive, but Definitely. you know, even no, at stage three A when yeah, I was very lucky. But mm. even at stage 3A, which had spread to my lymph nodes, that's still curable. Jeez. I'm living proof that is still curable. So, yeah, take the call. Go and have that scan. Definitely. My son's mother came. She's, yeah. had it. She's a survivor herself. Really? She had lymphoma that's twice. That's amazing. Yeah. Beat it twice. Really? Like and the chemo took her teeth away. And she's... Oh, yeah. Something to do with the brain and loses her memory now and again, but she's still here. Yeah, yeah, chemo's not nice. So the fact you didn't have to have it is such good news. That's how it feels to you that it was just a routine yeah. in and out of hospital in a day. Like I've never had it. It's just like, <laughs> it's just like what was all that about? Someone's just gone straight past me like that. Yeah, what? the bother I miss. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah, you're the last out the next day. It's only the six weeks when I was watching <laughs> Netflix and it. Then it was middle of Which lockdown. Which was incredible. That's <laughs> incredible to be out of hospital the next day. 
Mm. I mean, things have come on so far, haven't they, since the, you know, the time when there was no cure. If you catch it early, this is curative, and that's the... Yeah, I think I was told by a doctor that years ago it would have been a 13-day stay or a 13-week stay. I think it was 13 days minimum. Wow. What I went in with, this is what somebody was telling me. Not flipping it. You think lung cancer is an instant death sentence? You think only people who smoke get lung cancer? You think if you have lung cancer, you'll have a cough? You're wrong. Forget everything you think you know about lung cancer. Know the symptoms, take action, be persistent, be unforgettable. Find out more at roycastle.org forward slash be unforgettable. So misconceptions about what lung cancer means now, as we've said so many times in this podcast, are so wrong and people need to, I think doctors need to give some good news about lung cancer as well, that this screening programme is so important it's so it's crucial so and it took a long time to go through so if you get that letter go and have your go and have a scan see what's going on you'll probably get a clean bill of health and if you don't you soon will i might have been one i might have been one in a thousand who knows i don't know this yeah yeah, exactly not everybody that goes is uh, diagnosed with lung cancer you're absolutely right um so when you were diagnosed, when you first heard that lung cancer word, were you were you scared? I know I know the doctor told you straight away that you were going to be fine, but did anything cross your mind like that's it, my life's over, or, or did the doctor put your mind at rest straight away? Just put my mind at rest, so I just got on with it. Yeah, looked at as brilliant an adventure. Leave it to them, let them start it out. It's an adventure, absolutely brilliant. I told my son that's fantastic, and he was he like he like work crying, I think. So what are you crying for? You've caught it early. You should be celebrated that this time down the line, if it was in a year's time, then you could be upset. But we've got it. That's how lucky I am. So we just grinned and bed it until I'd done the operation and got over it. And the nurse said, right, you can have Amazing. a bite. Amazingly positive, Jeff. Yeah. You got that also helps me. Yeah, yeah, you do. Because we're I the lucky just, ones, aren't we? Just brought that about. That was it. And I couldn't. Couldn't go do anything because my body was in shock, apparently. Is it because yeah. if you have a patient, your body goes into shock, unbeknownst to me? Yeah, I could have gone for a yeah. walk around. But when I first saw the scar there, I went, What's that? Because I, I looked in the mirror for the first time, I didn't want to see it. So the nurse said, Just yeah. hold the towel, wrap a towel up and just hold it like that while you're watching Sally. And that's what I did. And the time flew by. Before I knew it, I was just back in work again and just getting on with my life. Because that was my like, next question. So Tell me about what's happened to you since your since your diagnosis. You had the operation. You went home and watched Netflix for six weeks, which is lovely. Um, yeah. What's happened since then? How are you? Are you back at work? Yeah, I went back to work after the six weeks. Um, I went on a few. Went to Hamburg to see a friend of mine in a band. Had a few beers and just come back and went to. What was it Tenerife for a week? Lovely. Yeah, I had a good time and went walking up and down miles and miles around Tenerife. Even went to the volcano at the top. Yeah. It said at the top of the cable car before you got on, it says, if your lungs, the breathing up there is bad. So I thought I should do it. Yeah. So I got in the cable car, went straight to the volcano. 
Well, Ken was a bit higher up, but I didn't go any further. But I was great. I breathe it all in. There was even snow on the top. It was that high up. And yeah, wow. good. Survived that one. And back down the Kelbo Carbon, back all the way to Tenerife. So Brilliant. I have been testing myself. So, you yeah, have, haven't you? And he's back playing yeah. football and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Still playing with five aside. Uh, still going to the gym. Yeah. How, often, how often do you go to the gym? Um, every day. Yeah, I might have a couple of days off here. Every day? Yeah, because if there's no work on the taxis, or it's traffic's mad, I'll just nip to the gym. Stay there. Oh, that's brilliant. Do a bit of trend yeah. and a few lightweights and that just to keep me self going. It's good that's therapy. brilliant. I wish I lived nearer you. You could drag me mm. with you. I hate going to the gym. <laughs> I need someone to drag me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like yeah. doing it. But once you're there, you enjoy it. It's good. And do you do you find that your surgeries affected your breathing at all? Have you got any? Do you notice it at all? No, it's like I've had nothing. I've just got a little scar there. That's it. Just a little line. That's all I've got. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I've got. I've nothing. That's, just that's amazing. Mad. Brilliant. Yeah, Absolutely brilliant. And and how are you? How are your grandchildren? They're great. Very really good. One plays rugby. One plays football. And the other one dancing. She's a dancer. She's been to America and Brilliant. stuff like that. So wow. she gets doing dancing moves. We've got to lift her up like this and dance with her and then put her down again. That's tiring. That has <laughs> nothing to do with what I've been through. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Do you see? Do you, do you look out? Do you look after them at all during school holidays and things? I took them to Sweet and Park to get my football and that. That's it. Have a laugh. Lovely. That's brilliant. So, do you ever think about what would happen, what would have happened if you hadn't had that screening appointment? Yeah. Do you ever think about yeah. that, where you might be now? Yeah. We're looking at our Barbara, seven stone went through, and our Jimmy's like, he could have had me, that Barbara, or could have been looking after us both. I do. Scary. Yeah. I try not to think about it, to be honest, but yeah. when you're on your own, sometimes you do. With my mum, when my mum had lung cancer, it was a blood clot that took my mum because she just stood up. Yeah. And whatever happened after that, my sister found her. But the report said it was a blood clot at the end. Yeah. 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 Horrible. Yeah, yeah, I often think about what could have happened. I Well, I have no doubt that if I hadn't had that scan on another part of my body and they found the nodule, I definitely wouldn't be here. No. So... I, it makes you appreciate life, don't you think, Jeff? I do, yeah. Like sometimes, if I've got enough money and I, I don't want to work the next day, I'll just have the day off and just go walking, go to the gym and have me time. You know, that's what I do. Brilliant. Look at yeah. I was going to ask you: Has it changed anything that you do? Because it's definitely definitely changed things for me in terms of. Yeah. I think I think it's made me a nicer person. That's a weird thing to say, but I think it's made me a happier person because I yeah. just treasure life. Yeah, it's not made me an happier person. It's made me still. I'm still a horrible person, but <laughs> no, I know, Love you, it. Just, you just get on with it, don't you? you just you just become yeah, like. Exactly. I used to dread my birthdays. You know, get, get. I used to dread my birthdays, getting older and stuff. But now every year is a is a bonus to me. I'm just mm -hmm. I'm loving it. So uh, it changes the way you think about things slightly, doesn't it? It does. It does. I mean, it's like. 
you just get on with it, don't you? I mean, I'll be 62 next, so I'll be 128. What is it? No, 38 years' time, isn't it? And time flies. Yep. I'll be 30 soon. Just time's yep. flying, guy. I can't believe it's two it really years does. since I had my operation. Right. That was July the 29th. Two years ago. It'll be three years on July the 29th. Yeah. That's amazing. That's absolutely just, unbelievable. Well, you look, like yeah, that. it does go, and you look great on yeah. it. And how do you feel about? Are you on yearly scans or six monthly scans or anything like that? Yearly, I'm on a yearly. We're going to they're going to look after me for the next five years. I had one last year, and Doctor Grundy said he's ninety five percent certain it won't come back. And then, yeah, brilliant. This year's one. Um, I had to phone him and say I'm due a scan. Oh, you're not on the system, hang on. Oh, there you are, yeah. And then two days later, I got a letter to go for my second scan, which he was on the second of this month. So we'll send you the new day. Yeah, wait last month. Waiting for results. Yeah, I've not heard anything, so no news is bad news, is it? We're not going to chase them. I'm sure they'll tell you, and I'm sure, I'm, and I really hope it will be good news for you. I'm yeah. sure it will. If, if, anything well. So they're going to the hospital for your scan now. They've got it on a, um, I don't know if you know Eccles at all. <laughs> In Eccles, no. they've got like this big shopping thing, shops, and you've got a pure gym there. And right next door, it's been there three weeks now, is the new scanning place. So you just go, you don't have to go to hospital, car park straight That's in. That's even better, isn't it? Yeah. That's even Except better because some people really hate going to hospitals. So that's amazing. That one. Oh, Salford Royal is a massive hospital and you're queuing to get in. Yeah. They just go in, it's great. Yeah. Brilliant. So, you, yeah, no. nothing to stop you going, is there? No, we go every year. You know, um, a few months ago when the National Screening Programme was announced that it it had gone through and it was happening, what was what was your feeling towards that? How did you feel when you heard that? Proud to be British. Great. Uh, brilliant. That's it's, brilliant. It's great saving lives doing that. You know, it's when people call the NHF for whatever reason, right? I think they're amazing. And it just... Me too. It was over an hour of reports when they were doing it in Liverpool. And I was watching yeah. that. And you just see, like... The people involved really want to help people make sure they've yeah. not got well on cancer. That how good's that? Yeah, they're doing that, and you're getting people. It where really is, isn't it? Some people are daft not to do it because you've got people there. Go for a screening, do it, and they're advertising it in Liverpool and other places now. I think I know they've done Salford. Yeah, now. yeah go for it. It's yeah. great, fantastic country yeah. we live in. Doing that, isn't it? And that, that's really interesting because I was going to say to you. If I was to ask you to give a couple of sentences about why you should go for your screening, what would they be? What would, what would you say to someone? Go early, because if you have got anything and they get it early like they got me, I kill surgery. If you leave it and leave it, even if you leave it a couple of weeks after, you scar might, they might not be able to do kill surgery. They might have to go down the back and cut you up. <laughs> like, ooh. Um, like me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If they caught yours early, you might have a keyhole surgery. I don't know. But this is how I yeah. look at it. I got away with it with the keyhole surgery. And just look at it that way. Don't think, you know, I think the scary bit is if they catch anything, 
but it'll be a lot worse if they do catch it and it's too late. Just get it done. Just yep. read the letter, get it done in and out, and whatever's there, just take. You know, it's hopefully no, no nobody will have it. I think, I think we're just yeah. one in a 30,000, is it? Yeah. Or they yeah. one in two now. I think that's a scary thing to say. You you had you had all of that go on two years ago. You just had your second scan, and please God that will come back all clear. Mm. So, what are you looking forward to? What's coming up for you, Jeff, in the next couple of years? Uh, just carry on with my life, watching the grandkids grow up. Um, yeah, looking forward to. I've not been on holiday for a while, so I'm going to save up and go away somewhere. Where are you going to go? Don't know yet. Might try Tenerife again. Mm -hmm. I love Tenerife. It was great. Uh, Fun you know, the whole up. time, isn't it? Yeah, and just do what I do. Christmas is coming in, so you can't do much. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Yeah, uh, what else have I got? Do you have um, a big Christmas? How many no. kids have you got, Jeff? One. I've got one. He's 37. Do you do a big Christmas with your family? Uh, well, not really. I just, you, you usually work, and if anyone does make Christmas dinner, I'll just go and pick up and bring it here and eat it. So I want it. Yeah, I'm not into, I'm not into yeah. all that. I just say you like it. I used to go out with the family to the to the restaurants around the corner, but you like with family, and it's like I just, just I'll just go to work me and have something on my knee, just get Christmas Day out of the way. <laughs> <off>. <laughs> yeah, I know, the, I know what you mean. The sport. Yeah, to me, honestly, I think Christmas Day is the most boringest day in the world. There's no sport, <laughs> anything. <laughs> the gym's shut. All the shops are half shut. So <laughs> last year I went with my brother to the coal and cotton in Bootown. We had dinner there, that was nice. But then the, there's nowhere to go after that because most of the pubs are short, so you're just bored. Yeah, like, that's then, it, yeah. <laughs> well, it's good to see the kids getting the presents and that, you know, watching the Yeah, days. exactly. It's nice to see your grandchildren enjoying it. Yeah, it's all for the kids. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. right. Our online support sessions are a great way to meet and chat to people who truly understand what it's like to have lung cancer. Leave your brave face at the door and talk openly and freely about how your diagnosis is affecting you. To find out more, visit roycastle.org forward slash online support. And Rutha, welcome to Let's Talk About Lung Cancer podcast. Hi, thank you for um, having me. How are you? I'm very good. Jolly good. So I'm going to kick off by asking you to tell uh, your story briefly, just so we know what happened, where you are at the moment, and then we'll kind of move on from that, if that's okay. Sure. Okay. So uh, in 2018, um, I was getting lots of chest infections. And at the time I had, uh, I think he was two and a half years old and um, we boy went to nursery so I just put it down to yep he's going to spread the germs as they do um, but then it just kept on going on and then it was I would take more longer to recover and then I was also then starting to get infections when, when, when he wasn't even sick yeah. so I was like okay what is going on um, and then I had mm -hmm. an episode where I was at work um, and I had some um, painful chest pain um, where I couldn't take a deep breath in. 
um, and I had to stop work and I actually myself work in the hospital. So I basically, um, what went down, ended up going down to the accident emergency department where um, I needed to get a bit of, sort of uh, painkillers and treatment and they, they checked me over and again they diagnosed another chest infection gave me some antibiotics and uh, luckily just sent me home because so, everything was otherwise fine um, and then but over that sort of um, next couple of days I coughed up blood which oh, is can is worrying but I thought well it is a chest infection I had sort mm-hmm. of the pain I thought oh, okay but then it just uh, didn't really resolve mm-hmm. very quickly. It just dragged. And this was in the middle of the summer. It's not like it was like a winter bug that um, mm-hmm. where everyone else is getting sick. So um, I went to my GP and said, look, enough is enough. I've had so many uh, chest infections of last year. I've even gone for an x-ray like um, just because they were concerned that we kept on getting these infections. I'd like to see uh, someone at the hospital to find out what's going on with my chest. Um, And so they were quite happy to refer me, but they did give me another set of antibiotics. And and I did actually feel a lot better after that second set. And I almost um, even cancelled the appointment that I was later given. But colleagues of mine were like, no, you're in the system. You've um, got an appointment. You should just go just in case. And I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, fine. I kind of felt a bit guilty and a bit kind of like, well, why am I here? This is uh, when I actually went to the appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were really uh, kind and they, they didn't make me feel that um, I was wasting anybody's time. Um, did a thorough sort of um, workup and then uh, I was found to have a mass in my right upper lobe. Wow. Scary, very scary. Yeah, so it was. What did it they was say about total... it? Did they, did they suspect anything at that point? Or so it. Well, me being in the medical background and um, sort of discussing, I kind of discussed what I thought was going on. I thought I had a condition called uh, bronchiectasis, um, which I I think do, which I do have and was diagnosed as well. But it's kind of the chicken and the egg. Um, I'm not sure which um, sort of um, was caused by what, but yeah. um, and that's what I was expecting when I got a call from the the chest physician saying that I thought that's what I was going to be told. Uh, but no, he came out with you've got a mass and we're going to have to do more tests. Yeah. So yes, okay. I, uh, I was terrified. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and how quickly did things move for you at that point? Uh, I think it felt quite quickly. I think felt like very good. I sort of um, got a, a a second scan um, about within a couple of weeks, and then I, um, which got the results uh, quickly from, and then I was sent for further test so bronchoscopy um, where they have to try and take a sample unfortunately I had to get it done twice because I was just being difficult and they couldn't get it the first time I, I doubt um, it. it's very it's yeah. horrible so I get it absolutely uh, so, um, yes, but unfortunately, with the test results um, that came from that were inconclusive. Yeah. Um, but I still then got referred to a surgeon who said, even though they're inconclusive, um, we could watch and wait, but because it's giving you, been giving you so much bother and where it, uh, where it was, 
um, they recommended that I have um, that part of the lung taken out. So a wedge resection was that? Sorry, say that again. Was it a, a wedge resection that you had? Uh, no, I got the whole lobe. The whole lobe. Out. I got the okay. whole because the where the mass was, it was just sitting at the bronchus, at the bifurcation of the bronchus, and that's what was causing sort of a lot of the chest infections. It was causing blockage and then um, causing issues. So that's why um, I got. Uh, I even before a cancer diagnosis was formalized I was um, recommended to have the surgery okay and did, what did the, did the surgeon have any opinion afterwards or did they just wait for the results what happened I get, no it was just they were waiting for the results I don't think they could really uh, tell from the time of the surgery so yeah, okay. again I just went home waited for results and yeah got told afterwards and did you have to have any treatment after that was after your your surgery? No, I was very lucky because uh -huh. of catching it early um, and that it hadn't spread anywhere. Um, I didn't have to have any further treatment. That's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. But, so that was in 2018. Yeah. So almost five years ago, would I right saying? Yeah, so I had my surgery at the start of 2019. So, yeah, so I'm looking at a uh, sort of good old uh, survival rate on this uh, coming winter. Absolutely brilliant. And how, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling good. Obviously, I'm what apprehensive because I'll hopefully try and plan another checkup and stuff. And obviously, I'll still sort of have the fear of anything else being um, yeah. found. But yeah. um, I'm doing well. Good. And are you doing what you used to do? Are you back to what you used to be doing in terms of exercise and normal life? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think sort of everything's sort of ninety five percent there. So um, it's all good. It's really good. Fantastic. Um, how do you feel about your whole diagnosis kind of story? Because if you hadn't have gone back to the doctor over and over again mm -hmm. and gone taken yourself to a and e yeah i wonder how different the story would have been how do, how do you ever think about that how do you feel about that yeah i do i mean um because i've actually since this and since sort of been sort of trying to promote stuff with um roy castle yeah i've actually probably helped in a in a way unfortunately not as as much as for myself but uh, helped friends and uh, family sort of uh, go forward for diagnosis and uh, there was I had a friend's friend whose partner unfortunately was diagnosed a bit too late um, and he was another young fit gentleman um, and yeah. it's, it's a horrible story so I do kind of think my goodness I might not be here if I hadn't if I'd turned down that appointment or I'd cancelled that appointment, I may not be here. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So it's scary. And you had to kind of ask them to kind of move forward with stuff, didn't you? You, you made that appointment and then kept it. And that's where yeah. you were diagnosed. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to self-advocate, don't you? I know that I had to do that with my, I'm not going to talk about myself, but with mm -hmm. my diagnosis, I had to really push them to do something as well. It's, it's disappointing that, um, yeah, the, the perception seems to be that people like you and I just don't get lung cancer. People still think yeah. that lung cancer is an older person's disease mm -hmm. and, it, and it just isn't, is it? No, unfortunately not, no. Yeah, if you have lungs, you can get lung cancer, as we yeah. always say. 
Um, Rachel put here that you had to ask for a special, uh, a second opinion. Was that with the consultant? Uh, no. Oh, to see a special, you had to ask to see a specialist, so you had to ask. The so yeah, that. so when I went initially with um, um, to the G uh, GP with um, after that um, episode going into accident emergency, yeah, I booked an appointment with my GP with an agenda yeah. and. Yeah. Um, uh, the agenda was to see somebody, so I was, and I think um, I, whether I got special treatment because again I'm a doctor, I don't know. I don't feel I did because I think the history that I'd had um, with that GP had already been for an X-ray because they had themselves thought, oh. well, you've had so many. But um, nothing's ever because the the mass that I had didn't wouldn't show up on a routine chest X-ray. Yeah. Um, I guess they thought everything's fine. Yeah. So I, I will talk a little bit about what happened because it's kind of similar in a way. I I went for a routine scan, not on my. I had some pancreatitis, went for a routine scan on my pancreas. And a few weeks later, I got a letter saying, your pancreas is fine, but we can see a nodule on your lung. I had zero symptoms, absolutely nothing. Never yeah. had a cough. Yeah. So, um, and mine went from there, but it took me 18 months to get them to take it out because it was too small to biopsy. It didn't show up on yeah. a PET scan. Same kind of okay. thing as you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they did a PET scan and nothing glowed. So they were really not worried about it. Uh, mm -hmm. And I had to literally beg them to take it out to do the surgery. Um, yeah. And even when they'd taken it out, they were like, I don't think it's anything. It's just scar tissue. And then came back stage 3B. So, yeah, I know what you mean about feeling so lucky to be here. And thank goodness mm -hmm. you pushed as as, yeah. as you did and I did. Otherwise, you just don't know. And we don't want to bash GPs because they do an amazing no. job. But I feel like, I don't know if you agree, I feel like... Um, their perception, as I said before, of who can be who can have lung cancer is very um, dated, outdated. I think, yeah, it's very true. Even myself, like I was totally shocked. Like before all this, I would have been like, no, it's older, it's smokers, it's um, not some uh, young fit people um, yeah. that can are susceptible to this, or it's very unlikely. Um, but unfortunately, I think um, for whatever reason, I think uh, you can't um, exclude yourself from these things. And uh, unfortunately, um, you need to think about these things just in case. So if anyone is ever worried about something, get it checked out. Absolutely agree. Nobody thinks you're wasting their time, do they? It's absolutely no. imperative. They, you can catch so much. And obviously with the new... Uh, the, the lung checks that we've got going on now which is absolutely amazing but still wouldn't have caught you or I mm -hmm. because we were too young not in that mm -hmm. not in that demographic yeah. so it's, it's interesting isn't it that how when you, when you know your own body and you know you have to um you know you have to do something about it you know when something is wrong and you sometimes have to push and you have to be brave enough to push I think and that's quite a hard yeah. thing to do some people yeah don't feel empowered to do that do they no unfortunately not no yeah it's um very difficult so in terms of like your understanding of lung cancer what was it I mean we've touched on this briefly but what was it like before you were diagnosed did you ever 
think about it? Like you said, did you really have an appreciation that people of uh, you know who are younger can get lung cancer? Ne never smokers. Not that smoking mm -hmm. should make any difference uh, in terms no. of treatment, but you know, people. That's always been the perception, isn't it? No, no, even in my line of work where I sort of, um, I'm an anaesthetist and I um, do sort of, um, I can, I get a lot extra exposure to it. No, again, it was yeah. something that um, I thought, again, was generally the older population and people with a history of some exposure to something, whether exactly. it's work, whether it's smoking, um, so um, there should have been a reason for someone to get lung cancer yeah exactly and did you what I mean I know what my perception of lung cancer was before but did you when you heard someone had lung cancer did you ever think there'd be a cure do you how did you feel about that because I know I automatically assumed lung cancer was the death sentence to be honest I think um I probably just thought yes that's going to shorten someone's lifespan um yeah. No, I didn't necessarily think it was a death sentence, but I associated it with surgery, with lots of chemotherapy or lots of radiotherapy, um, basically quite a, a, a troubled kind of um, journey. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And maybe never being fully cured. I, I lost my mum just before I was diagnosed. I lost my mum to lung cancer. So I'd seen her go through that. Now, uh -huh. she was a smoker, but as I said before, this is not a smokers versus non-smokers conversation. Mm -hmm. and it really doesn't matter. But no. I've seen her go through everything and then I lost her. And then they found a nodule. So I had, a, I suppose, a very warped idea of what might happen next. So especially when they uh -huh. told me, I mean, mine wasn't even a centimetre, but it was still stage 3B. So it was really aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, so I was amazed when they said to me, it's curative. We're going to do everything we can to cure you. I was didn't really, I didn't really take that in. I didn't really understand no. what they were saying. And um, yeah, it's incredible how treatment and the prognosis has moved on. But I feel like sometimes this isn't in the press or this isn't spoken about enough. People don't talk about lung cancer, so you don't really understand it. We have easy to understand free information booklets on all different types of treatments for lung cancer. Our jargon-free information can help answer any questions you may have about treatment and provides an insight to what to expect. Download or have a copy posted to you. Visit roycastle.org forward slash information booklets. What, what's, your, what's, your, what's your life like now? What's happened to you since your diagnosis? Uh, well, I'm back at work, sort of doing pretty much almost everything that I used to. I'm back to Amazing. running. Um, oh wow really not as not as fast as I used to be but I think that's maybe more age and motivation um, than uh, anything else <laughs> um but no I've been I'm doing really well so yeah good that's brilliant and um so you're running you're back at work yeah do you have children Ruthra yeah so I have a son yeah okay and how old is he now he's now seven. Oh wow so you've seen him start school and he yeah, yeah. Everything's normal as far as you're concerned. Yeah, like he doesn't really remember the the time when I did have the surgery, which was quite nice. Um, but he understands that I had um, surgery and 
and he had that I had a cancer. So yeah, we've had sort of that kind of chat with him. <laughs> That's amazing at seven. I think lots of people shy away from that. And again, I don't think we should. I think people... No, yeah, I think it's everything should be sort of in an open forum. And I think, yeah. Agreed. And it's good to know that people can can recover if it's if it's caught early so that's the thing isn't it you were stage one I was stage three which was almost too late but wasn't too late Mm -hmm. but it was a swift action of the surgeons and the doctors around us which made sure that we were both curative which is an incredible place to be so definitely we've, we've talked about what what would you say to somebody who has got a cough and has had two or three rounds of antibiotics is there anything any advice you'd give them uh, again, it's it's different in dif- uh, for situations because um, depending on if there's reasons for why people are getting these infections. But if you did have a worry that there was something else wrong, you kind of know yourself. You kind of know Absolutely. if you're not matching what sort of people your own age or, or if you if someone's saying, "Have you still got that cough?" then it's maybe think some that's a kind of a marker of someone saying like you need to get this checked out because I've had that I had I was like you've still got that cough that cough's terrible and I was just like yeah yeah it's fine that's what I do that's what I have um and I kind of just like you know you know you laugh it off but if it's still sort of if you've someone if people have said it a few times and different people have said it it's one of those things just get it checked out it might be something else it might be something very simple and very um easy to remedy uh but there is that other side of the coin the dark side where it can be something worse precisely and i always say to people it's nothing to be scared of having Mm -hmm. a late stage cancer is much harder and something to be scared of than getting something diagnosed early and getting the treatment that will hopefully get rid of it so go quickly don't go slowly if you've had two or three rounds of antibiotics and nothing's happening and you're getting worse like you said slightly different symptoms coughing up blood which is terrifying just Mm. go and insist on on some more action you know in the next step because the earlier you can catch it the better your prognosis um so you mentioned that you're coming up for your five-year anniversary, which is incredible. Congratulations. But Thank you. How do you feel about being discharged and not having those checks? Uh, it's scary. It's mm. scary. Um, yeah. Uh, it's one of those things. I, I, I wish that we lived sort of like in a utopian uh, medical sort of uh, society where you could get scanned when you wanted and Absolutely. there was just like, and you, if you wanted, you could just keep sort of being checked up on, checked up on. But yeah. sometimes though, that's not good because then it's not in the past and you can't really move on. Um, you know what, that's but, really true. I've never heard anyone say that, but you're, and that, I wish you'd have said that to me about two years ago because I've, I'm seven years clear, but I was in a real, a real panic about giving up my scans and not knowing what was going on inside me potentially. So that's that's really good advice. Yeah, because I think it's you shouldn't you don't want it to. I mean, you've survived it. Now you've got to get past surviving. You've got to go back to living. Um, so, oh, and again, you've got that. We learn from everything that happens. So, um, again, if there was any concerns, you would know. Right, I'm going to do deal with this and then just go back. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really true. You said a couple of really, really poignant things there, Rita. Very true. And things that I hadn't really put into to words myself. So that was brilliant. Um, would you describe yourself as being cured or how would you describe yourself? Do you talk about it anymore? Yes, I think if everything goes well at the the five-year survival, I probably would consider myself as being cured. Uh, from my um, specific, the type cancer type that I had, it was very rare. It's like one of these, you know, one oh. in however many. What, what was it? It was, was it oh, I don't know if I can even pronounce it anymore. It's like a squamous epithelial. Oh, yeah. It was like yeah, a, yeah. Um, uh, one of these. Although it was quite interesting. I was doing him, I was renewing my travel insurance and they actually had the, the type that I had on the, the checklist, which was um, new, I think, to compare to when I'd done this insurance when yeah. I'd gone sort of um, on holiday the year of my surgery. So I guess uh, things yeah. are probably, that's probably a good way in the fact that um, there is a lot more awareness. Yeah, so yeah so there's not a lot of evidence um about whether this could recur or not um so um i think i i would cautiously call myself cured (laughs) yeah i'm the same really i i still talk about it quite often because i'm so involved with uh, this wonderful charity but i like to think that i'm cured from lung cancer anyway Mm -hmm. um it's a, it's a weird feeling though, isn't it? That kind of letting go of your security belt blanket with your scans. Definitely. As much as I hate yeah. scans and the weight in between, which obviously scanxiety, we know should be in the Oxford English Dictionary because it is a thing. Yeah. But it, it's let, I don't know whether the scanxiety is worse or letting go of your safety blanket, which of those scans is worse. I, I haven't made my mind up about that one yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. Is there anything else you want to add, Ruth, or anything else um, we've missed that you'd like to get out there? Just that, um, don't please don't be afraid of what I would say is bothering your your GP because it's what they're there for and what's that's what their job is. And yeah. um, just contact them. Yeah, and and talk, and um, make sure you tell them what you want. I think is yeah, also yeah, on definitely that. sort of yeah. I think nowadays, I think, like, again, we usually sort of try and get what patients' expectations are. But, um, and if you think that you're going to be, um, uh, if you're worried about what the reaction is, then do your research. Do, um, because there's so, there's a wealth of information, especially on the Roy Castle (laughs) website. (laughs) Absolutely. There's a good plug. Very Um, good. I love that. (laughs) And um, be armed with what, and just tell them, and and honest, be honest and just say, look, this is what I'm worried about. They might just say, that's probably not likely, but um, if you produce um, the stories that you find on, then there's not really much they can say and I think um, they will listen to you and if they don't listen to you and you're really still worried see somebody else absolutely that's really good advice there are other doctors and also probably isn't a word you want to hear in a diagnosis (laughs) probably okay is not really a diagnosis anybody wants so Yeah. yeah that's very very good advice 
uh, one question, Ruth. As you know, we're recording these series of uh, special um, podcasts for Lung Cancer Awareness Month, LCAM. I wondered whether you could um, tell us what LCAM means to you. Now you are further down the line, you're hopefully going to be given the all clear this year. Um, how does how does LCAM, you know, what does LCAM mean to you? I think it's great that we have these months to sort of raise awareness for um, all the different types of cancer, especially the ones that are not um, as publicised, that are not as trendy like breast cancer. With like they get a lot more probably yeah. uh, funding and in, in, uh, limelight. So yeah. it's really important because I think um, these things have um, helped. Sort of friends of friends of mine so um i think any way to get out this information whether it's personal or whether it's more in the media uh, is great and hopefully that will mean that we can improve um pickups in terms of and as well sort of higher up in the sort of um yeah. sort of uh, politics of it all try and get better screening programs better funding and and just try and improve the whole outcome of this horrible disease very good. I completely agree with you. I think it's a really good time to talk about it, to get information out there, which some people aren't even aware of. Some things are so misconstrued because of the perceptions of lung cancer and what it means. So it's a great opportunity to yeah, make people aware. And if anybody's got any niggles about it, they hopefully will think, well, I'm going to go and get this sorted out now. And if we save one person's life by getting into the doctor quicker, then that's you know that's my job done. For support and advice on any of the topics raised in this podcast, visit roycastle.org. Past episodes are available to download on all major podcast providers. Don't forget to like and subscribe and make sure you never miss an episode.